Hello! Hello? <laughs> Hi. <laughs> oh no, there's gonna be so many sniffles in this one. Oh man, guys, we just had a very nice and emotional heart-to-heart about how hard life is for us young know. people. I don't know how long we've been on this call. I think about 20 minutes, and I've just been crying to Carly <laughs> about how I didn't ask to be born. Yeah, but, like, I have those thoughts every day. That's what I was telling her. Like, you know, rather selfish of our mothers to assume that we <laughs> wanted the the financial and emotional burden of adulthood. I'm, I guess I'm going to say now, and hopefully I don't start crying again, um... Because I think it's valuable when people are, like, real about when they're struggling with stuff. Because, like, lots of people are. And it might help to hear someone be real about it. But um, nothing definite yet. We may be slowing down production of episodes. We or may just, taking you know, be taking a break. A yeah. Because um, putting out a podcast every week is hard. And we don't make money doing it. We're not doing it to make money. We're doing it to keep in touch and to have fun and to learn stuff about history. But... We both have full-time jobs, and we both act in the evening. All that goes to say, uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with the podcast or my life, but yeah. We might take a little break. You know, stress is normal, and we love doing this, and we love talking about our spooky stories, but, you know, life comes first, and we know that, like, you guys understand that, and... A lot of, I mean, most of our listeners are close friends and people, like, in our lives that care about us deeply and that we care about deeply. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll keep you posted. We'll see how it goes, you know? Yeah. That said, Carly, have you been, oh, would you like to share your news? Are you allowed to share it yet? I can't talk about it yet, no. Okay. Um, edit that out. Um, uh, no, it's fine. Um. Yeah, like, news coming soon, you guys. Like, big, happy, good, good stuff um, that I can't talk about yet, but when I can, I'll tell you. <laughs> um, Do you have anything else? Any, like, anything you've been watching? Oh, I have one, but you can go first. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, This actually I watched already. I should have talked about this in, like, the last couple episodes, because I think you'd hate it. Have you heard of the show You? Everyone keeps talking about it, and yes. I don't think I would like it. I don't think you would like it either. Um, basically, it's about, like, a stalker boyfriend. And I don't really do well with that. I know, and it's... it's emotional. It's really... It's like a dark comedy, and people are like... I feel like you either love it or hate it. It's kind of controversial, and I don't know, like... It's kind of, like, problematic, but in a way that I feel like is kind of intentional. The point yeah, being, okay. like... You know what I mean? Because, like... The stalker is hot. He's a straight hottie. I don't think he and is hot. I've seen him. I mean, my point is you kind of, like, <laughs> find yourself rooting for him. Even though okay. he's a possessive stalker and murderer and is a total creepazoid. Um, okay. I think the point so being, like... fans of this show would be like, yeah, I'm into stalking and murder, so... Well, I, I think it's kind of... You know how, like, people found Ted Bundy really hot? Yeah. It's, I think the point is kind of to make you feel dirty, so okay. it's kind of interesting. It's a way to, like, kind of call yourself out, because it's, it's not supposed to be, like, he's a good guy. Like, he's clearly the antagonist, but mm. it's, it's, it's like a weird mindfuck, and it's super, it's hilarious, like, 
again, it's a dark comedy. All the characters are really fun. Um, Penn Badgley is, plays Joel Goldberg. He's really a good performer and said he hated playing the role. Hmm. Uh, it's interesting. I bet he didn't have yeah. the paycheck. Yeah, probably not. Oh, God. Um, I really want to see Little Women. Did you see it? Oh, it was so good. It was so good. I loved it. I'm glad Ooh, I have a podcast goal. 2020 resolution. Yeah, what's up? Sometimes if I'm saying something that's not that interesting or important, I just kind of trail off at the end of my sentence. And yeah. that sounds bad. So I want to stop doing that. Good for you. 2020 is our year, man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, what have you been watching? Last weekend, I watched the entire season one of Fleabag. Have you heard of it? I've heard of it. Yeah, I haven't seen it. So Fleabag, I think I made the same reference last week, but Fleabag was one of those things where, like, it's been too long and I felt afraid to ask or, like, it was too late to get into it. But mm-hmm. it is so good. Um, I think it started as a, a like, monologue. Like a, a play, a monologue, a one-woman show. Mm. Okay. I think in Edinburgh Fringe, and it's um it's about this woman who is grieving about the loss of her best friend, and she's engaging mm. in maybe some self destructive behaviors or some sure. not very healthy coping mechanisms. But um, she will occasionally, well, frequently, break out of the scene and look directly into camera. And it is so fucking funny. I thought it was going to be really dark. And it, it is like a dark comedy. But it's so funny. She'll be like... So she's sleeping around with a lot of guys. And she'll be like... There'll be a sex scene. And then she like turns Not to the camera bad, to comment. Not that that's bad. But you know, you, got, you gotta be oh, safe. Oh, no, 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 no. If you you know. are, but if you're using sex to um, deal with uh, emotional problems in, a, in an unhealthy way. I'm not slut-shaming her. I'm cope-shaming her. Great. Um, but so she'll be having, it'll be like the middle of a sex scene and she'll turn to the camera and like comment on the guy. It's so <laughs> funny. Uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge is outstanding. Oh, you know how, uh, usually you're like hungover when we do these things? Yeah. Guess what I did last night? I know because you drug texted me and said, what time are we doing the podcast? Where did you go? I went to Deuces in Lakeview and... Zeus's with a Z? Deuces. Deuces with a D. Deuces with a D. Deuces, bitch. Um, and then we went to... Crow's Point? Old Never Crow? Across the street from Deuces. It was a country bar. There was live music. It was fucking fun. awesome. It was so cool. Um, That's awesome. It was a fun um, time. It's good to let loose and let my hair down. Yes, girl. It's fun. You can edit this out if you want to, but your teeth are looking really white. I won't edit that out. Thank you. I don't. Every once in a while, I'll use that charcoal toothpaste, but I haven't in a while. Maybe it's just the lighting. Yeah, I do. My teeth are not white. Well, it's probably just the lighting. I don't think my teeth are particularly white. Hmm. I also went out last night, but I didn't go crazy, but it was a sad occasion. My friend Sarah, who I literally mentioned on the first episode of this podcast, like she has made the Dublin experience for me, uh, left Ireland today because her visa ran out. So we had, we had drinks last night and then we went for breakfast this morning and it was sad, but she's going to do great. It's so sad that you can't just like live in a place that you love. 
I know. It's fucked it's up. Sh- it's a real shame. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, oh, well, that could be my something that I'm looking forward to. Oh, okay. But I might forget, so I'll just say now. Oh, okay. Yeah. I have a conference call with a lawyer on Tuesday to work on my visa to go back to the UK. Yay! Good yeah. for you. I hope it all yeah, goes have... well. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. I think I don't have much else to say. Veganuary's going strong. Can't relate, but good for you. Mm. Um, Yeah. Should we get into it? Oh, also, that guy I was talking to at the bar, which I cut out the story, but I will say, I I was telling Megan about it, but I edited it out because you don't need to hear about my, you know, that. But I was, like, we were talking about traveling, and I was low-key bragging about you because I was like, my sister lives in Ireland. Yeah, it's a glamorous (laughs) life. Well, whenever I tell people that, they're like, whoa, like, that's how Honestly, once a week, I still say... It's really crazy that I live in Ireland. And then the fact that I'm going to look back and be like, I lived in Ireland. I yeah. Think I'm going to get a clotter ring. Don't know what that is. You know those rings that are like the heart and the hands and the crown? Um, and like Irish American girls would wear them and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm Irish. Or like, I think Buffy wore one because Angel gave it to her. Hmm. Anyways, uh, I feel like I want to buy one. <laughs> Good, but I also don't Do know it. if I'm that person. Do it. Be that person. Fuck but they're just like an Irish thing. Yeah, well. Or I don't know if they're a tourist thing. Not really sure. <clears throat> oh, man, man. My throat is so sore. <laughs> <coughs> okay. Oh, from last night. Okay. Yes. Okay, so shall we get into my case today? I'm doing a um, true crime mystery. Yes. Good. Usually Unsolved? I'll... Yes, and usually I'm like, this isn't a mystery, but I really like it, so I'm doing it anyway. This is a, this is a weird one. Um, Okay. So, are you ready? I don't know, but tell me anyway. Okay. Okay, so today I'm doing kind of a heavy hitter. It's a well-known case. It's, like, super famous, controversial, uh, comparable to John Bonet to me. I I mean, not that they're, you know, not to, you know, compare cases like it's like right like they're they're not their own individual people who had their lives taken away from them but like and i just mean in the same way that we don't necessarily know whether to blame law enforcement or her parents and we don't really know who to hold accountable for what happened and why the curse the curse the case turned out the way it did um so first off i know that a lot of times with the cases we talk about even though I always push for us to say, like, what we think did it, a lot of times I'm kind of stumped, and I, I'm just like, oh, I don't really know. I'm leaning towards this one, but I don't really have that strong of an opinion. I feel like I don't really know what I'm talking about when I try and decide who I think did it. Uh, like, Eliza Lamb, I kind of really don't fucking know. Mm. Um, the cases like this case, and also Jean Benet. well, okay, like, with Jean Benet, even, I'm torn between the brother and the dad. Like, I'm confident... The family's responsible for what happened, yeah. but I don't necessarily know which one. Yeah. This case, I feel like I have a strong enough opinion and I understand what's going on, even though, like, I could be wrong. It's kind of fun to speculate and feel like a detective. Um, like, I've cracked the case, but, uh, yeah. So this one, I, I at least have, like, confidence in my stance of the parents because they're, they've been a subject of con- controversy, um, 
Google Case. This is a very long intro. Yeah, it's um, yeah. So uh, without further ado, this is the cold case of the disappearance of Madeline McCann. Oh, yes, it's a good one. Damn, I I was not expecting that. Yeah, I do have to say I'm. This is, like, long. This is going to be, like, three, four pages, which will probably be, I mean, around an hour, maybe a little less. I'm still kind of scratching the surface. Uh, If you have not read the Wikipedia article or seen it, it is dense as fuck. So, I'm, I'm going off of parts of the Wikipedia article that I think are most important, and also I have seen the Netflix docuseries, um, so anything I leave out, I'm sorry if you have any more insight, um... Please let us know, and we can maybe what chat about more in the future. Two thousand seven. Okay, so I was thirteen. Mm-hmm. I just feel like I was aware of this as it was happening, and like this would have been one of my early true crime cases. Like I remember being. I interested hadn't heard in this. of this. You never heard of Madeline McCann? Not until I watched the docu series, like last year. That, did that? Yeah. Okay, I remember that. I remember people in my office talking about it. Fascinating. But be- okay. before that, like, I just clicked on it, and I was like, that looks true crimey, and I clicked on it, and I was like, I've never heard of this. Oh, yeah, it's super famous. Yeah. So, okay. uh, so, whereas Jean Binet is one of the most wildly popular murder cases, Madeleine McCann is unique in her own way. I think the most comparable thing between them is the, the parents and the questioning of that. <laughs> but yeah. Madeleine's body has never been discovered So that makes her widely regarded as one of the single most prolific disappearance victims in modern history. I don't think that word means what you think it means. What? Prolific doesn't mean famous. You know. You know. No. Uh. But. Prolific means something a lot. That would mean she disappeared a lot. Yeah, if you're, like, a prolific serial killer, that would mean you killed a lot of people. Or if you're a prolific writer, you write a lot of books. All right, well, get off, get off my ass and stop embarrassing me. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So I'm just this... feeling down, and it makes me happy to correct people's grammar. So great. Okay. Um, so this story begins with Kate and Gary McCann. Gary, whose name is spelled like Jerry with a G, so it's confusing. All right, G E R R Y. Are we gonna say Gary or Jerry? That's Jerry. That's Jerry. That's Jerry. Yeah. So Especially, Kate... are they're English, right? So wouldn't you imagine it would be Gerald? Gerald? Gerald. I think it's probably Jerry. <laughs> okay, Jerry. So Kate and Jerry McCann uh, were vacationing with their three children and a group of friends in Praia de Luz, Portugal, in 2007. So, at 6 p.m. on May 3rd, 2007, three-year-old Madeline McCann and her two siblings, who were twins... Uh, were taken by their mother to their condo, number 5A, at their Praia de Luz resort, while their father was playing tennis. At around 7 p.m., Madeline and her siblings were put to bed. She was wearing her pink and white Marks and Spencer's Eeyore pajamas and slept with her comfort blanket, I know, and, and, and her toy cuddle cat. Cuddle cat. Cuddle cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the door was left slightly ajar. At 8.30, her parents joined their friends at the resort's tapas restaurant. The condo was only about 160 feet away from the restaurant in distance, but the path, like, the walking path that actually led from the condo to the restaurant, like, around other buildings and the path it made, around the, you know, the the terrain and whatnot, 
that made the walk closer to nearly 300 feet. Okay. So the top of the apartment could be seen from the restaurant, but not the doors. The patio doors of the actual condo could be locked only from the inside, so the McCanns left them unlocked with the curtains drawn so they could frequently check on the children. Okay, so now here's strike one against... This is like a gated resort, yeah? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Actually, I don't know if the... I don't know. Maybe not. You imagine it is, and you imagine, like, you would feel safe. Right, yeah. Um, so, strike one against the parents. Uh, this is bad. Uh, I will oh, no. say this. This is not great. Uh, the reservation for the McCanns and their friends was block booked for the entirety of their stay. And there's, like, a reservation book, like, a schedule that they keep, I guess, at, like, the, the podium at the front of the restaurant where the, um, whatchamacallit, the, like, the hosts and hostesses, like, you know, their mm-hmm. station. They have a book that, you know, has all the reservations, and there's a note in the reservation booklet for the McCanns uh, that say, for whatever reason, that their children are back in their condo. So I guess it would kind of have to do, like, we're block booking at this time because, like, our schedule with our kids is whatever, and they're back home while we're eating here. So the, the that, that would be the family had told the staff when they made the reservation that the kids were in the Yes, condo. and it was... Okay, weird. That notice But you wouldn't was... think, that's the sort of thing, like, if you're a trusting person, you would never think, like, I'm not saying that's smart by any means, but, like, God, you just think that you're passing along some information. Or... Yeah, and it's totally, like, in passing, but, like, in hindsight, after what happened, you're like, anyone could have seen it, you know. Yeah. But I guess... I, I'm not if, saying like... it's malicious, it may, you know, it's... Oh, I under the circumstances was dumb. a mistake. Well, like, remember when we used to go to Colorado and, like, they knew us. So, like, mm-hmm. if Grandma and Grandpa had tried to make a reservation there and the people might be like, oh, do, is it for everyone, including the kids? And they might be like, oh, no, the kids are staying upstairs. Right. Yeah. So if the, if this, if their family is known in this place, I guess that would make sense. It's I don't just know like if it's a, a big yeah, or small resort. Totally. Um, so at 9.05, 9.05. Uh, <laughs> Mr. McCann conducts the first check on the children. All of them are present, and he notices that the door to the room is open. Now, it's Madeline, and she has a brother, right? And then the other family has children? The other the other families have children as well. Madeline has two younger siblings. Okay, younger. So, like, babies. Mm-hmm. Okay. I believe so, yeah. Uh, so, all the kids are present. Uh, the door is open. Again, like before, they, they had said that they thought it was ajar, so he closes the door and returns to the, to the restaurant. On his way back, he passes one of his friends from the restaurant, Jane Tanner. Um, so the group who were dining with the McCanns at the Tapas restaurant, they're known as the Tapas Seven, because uh, there were seven of them. And so one of them, Jane, is checking on her own child, and she passes by, allegedly passes by Mr. McCann. Okay. Uh and then, ten minutes later, at 9.15, she sees a man carrying a child, um, and that, you know, of course, becomes an important part of the early investigation. However, it's worth noting that Mr. McCann himself did not recall seeing Tanner. So she's saying, I saw him on my way to check on my own kid, and he's like, I don't remember seeing her. 
And he had even mm-hmm. stopped to chat with a British vacationer, and neither of them recalled having seen Tanner. So, of course, a lot of people later, like, kind of call into question the validity of her statement of having mm-hmm. seen the guy carrying the child, and maybe that she made that up for some reason. Uh, I have a question. Are they yeah. drinking at this dinner? Probably, yeah. I don't think okay. they're wasted, but it's they're having dinner at 9 p.m. On vacation, yeah. You On just vacation. Might be, you, you might lose <clears throat> some details. Yeah. Um, so Tanner later, later reported to the police that the man was not far from Madeline's bedroom, heading east, away from the front of 5A. She reported that the child in his arms was wearing light-colored pink pajamas with a floral pattern and cuffs on the legs. They were similar to Madeline's. Tanner described the man as white, dark-haired, five foot seven, of Southern European or Medi- Mediterranean descent, uh, thirty-five to forty years old, wearing gold or beige or blah, 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 blah. wearing gold or beige trousers and a dark jacket, and said he did not look like a tourist. So what does that mean? He's not wearing like a Fisher's a hat shirt. and a fanny pack and a Hawaiian T-shirt. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean. What can he do? Okay. <laughs> he didn't look relaxed. Yeah. Uh, the sighting became important because it offered investigators a time frame for the abduction, but Scotland Yard... So, okay. <laughs> so basically, the this this whole thing happens in Portugal, but the McCanns are from England. So Scotland Yard comes in. Th- this is why a lot of the details of the investigation are kind of confusing, because... You have the Portuguese leading the investigation and Scotland Yard also there trying not to step on the toes of the Portuguese to make them mad, but also being like, but we found this. Um, Scotland Yard so, has nothing to do with Scotland, right? Scotland Yard is English. Weird. You should okay. know that. Why are you asking me? I don't know, but I, why is it called Europe? Scotland Yard? I just never questioned that before. Because the English invaded Scotland and fucked up all their shit and took over. And so they own Scotland now. Why is Scotland it called now. a yard? I don't. Megan, you live in Europe. Why are you asking me this? I don't know. I'll do some <laughs> research. Okay. Carry on. So, Scotland Yard would reveal in 2013 that the man had actually been identified as a tourist returning to his apartment after collecting his daughter from the Ocean Club. They had Yeah, like, how many three-year-old girls have pink pajamas? Probably every single one. Yeah. So, on one hand, you have the Portuguese police saying that Tanner made up the story completely, and Scotland Yard uh, corroborated the sighting and said it's actually not related to Madame McCann. So then, vacationers Martin and Mary Smith saw a man around 10 p.m. 500 yards away from the McCann's apartment, walking away from the Ocean Club and towards the beach. He was carrying a girl aged 3 to 4 years old who had blonde hair and pale skin, was wearing light-colored pajamas, and had bare feet. They described the man as mid-30s, 5'7 to 5'9, slim to normal build, with short brown hair, wearing cream or beige trousers. He, again... Did not look like a tourist, so no fanny pack, I guess. Um, (laughs) According to the Smiths, uh, he seemed uncomfortable carrying the child. So maybe he was injured or drunk. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, This is interesting to me because this sighting is considered to be legitimate, and yet the description is so similar to the man before. But maybe we all have beige trousers. (laughs) 
Yeah, at I feel like if you live in Portugal, you might have beige trousers. That seems like a thing mm. you would wear in a warm climate. So, uh, it's confusing. So then either Scotland Yard is wrong and the sighting from before. No, no, okay, not either. But, like, if if we're going to say that these men, these two men are actually the same person, then Scotland Yard was wrong and the, the sighting from before is legitimate and they're the same person or this sighting is also not legitimate even though it's considered to be legitimate. Like, why is... Why is one one of one of the, ah, one of the sightings is considered to be legit and the other one is not? But like, it's possible they're the same guy. And does any of this have CCTV? Ooh, we're gonna get into that. Oh, short no. answer okay. is no. Go go go. Okay. Um, I guess I don't need to say that till the end because I actually found that in my research towards the end, so it's at the end of my notes. But uh, no, uh, the CCTV camera that would have captured everything was not functioning. Okay. It was either broken, but I did see some reports of it being turned off. Mm, okay. That would suggest an inside job, and I can't even yeah. go there because there's no evidence for that. I can't wrap my mind around it. Well, the Maybe restaurant someone... knew that the kids were going to be alone. That's true. It could have been an employee. Mm. Okay, keep going. Sorry, okay. I'm speculating when I don't have all the deets. No, it's okay. So, um, at 9.30, so we're, we're going back in time half an hour. One of the okay. McCann's friends offered to check on the McCann children because he was going to check on his own kids. So once in 5A, he notices the door open. He doesn't check on the kids, and then the he closes the, the door. door. I believe the bedroom door. Okay. So he literally sees the doors open, doesn't check on the kids like a moron, and then leaves. He literally went so, there to check on the kids. I know. That makes me think, like, but he could not have gotten away, like, because then he returns to the restaurant. There's no way he could have killed a girl and disposed of the body. I think he Also, just... you wouldn't say, I didn't check on the kids. You would say, I checked on them and everything was fine. I think he, like, went in there, nothing was out of the ordinary. He was lit, he went in to see, are any of them crying or awake? Right. And they didn't seem to be... Everything so seemed left. to be in order, but he didn't, like, actually see them. Yeah. Which makes sense. He was probably just, like, drinking, wanted to get back to the restaurant and eat his fucking tapas and yeah. his cognac and was, like, not... Yeah, not exactly. Exactly what you said. Um, so then at 10 p.m., likely moments after Madeline was taken, and that one guy was seen around 10 o'clock heading towards the beach... Her, uh, her mother, Kate, goes in to check on her and finds her bed empty. So she runs back to the Tapas restaurant and she's screaming, Madeline is gone, you know, my daughter has been taken. And the police are called minutes later and by 10.30, half an hour after Kate found her missing, the resort had activated its missing person procedures and a report-wide search had begun, or resort-wide search had begun for Madeline. So, like, pretty timely. Like, we're not, mm. you know, it's not, you know... I think it was, like, the police were there within 10 minutes, and by 10.30, we're having an actual, like, very legitimate mm. police-led search yeah. within half an hour of the call being made. So that's, like, pretty good. Remember, like, the the Sodder children case with the, the fire? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the fire department arrived, like, 10 hours later. Yeah, nothing yes. like that. So two officers... 
from the Garda Nacional Republicana, or the GNR, arrived on the scene at 11.10 from Lagos. So they searched, so they were searching the resort, and then around midnight, the criminal police are alerted of the disappearance, and the time they arrived is a little bit unclear. So Kate McCann said that they did not arrive for another hour, According to the police themselves, however, they arrived within 10 minutes of being alerted. Mm-hmm. However, we will see going forward that Kate and Jerry were not super happy with how the Portuguese police handled the investigation and that they, they didn't get along. I also just think from this point, like, you can't trust anything they say because if they were involved, they're lying. And if they weren't involved, they're in such distress Right. They're not, they're no longer going to be reliable narrators. Kate and Jerry? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then at 2 a.m. That's not an accusation. That's just like. No, if you're, if you didn't, if your fucking child went missing, you're not going to be super, like, patient. Yeah. For sure. So at 2 a.m., two patrol dogs were brought to the resort, and at 8 a.m., four search and rescue dogs were brought to the scene. At this time, waterways, wells, caves, sewers, and ruins were added to the search. An inspector, um, I'm probably not going to pronounce this right, so I apologize. Um, Gonchalo Amaral, head of the PJ in Portomayo. Key Portomayo. So the PJ is, I will refer to it as the PJ, but basically it's the Portuguese um, criminal investigation Mm. uh, uh, department. Um, okay. so then the guy from the, the head of that, uh, Gonchalo Amaral, again, uh, so he's appointed, uh, to be the coordinator of the case and would come under scrutiny for how the investigation was handled. So neither border nor marine police were given descriptions of Madeline for several hours and officers did not make house to house searches. According to Kate, roadblocks were first put in place at 10 a.m. the morning after the disappearance uh, and that, and apparently police did not request surveillance of vehicles coming and going around the time of the disappearance, uh, or of the road between Lagos and Villarreal, uh, oh, sorry, Villarreal de San- Santo Antonio on the Spanish border. Mm. So, the company that monitors the road, uh, which is called Aeroscoot, said that they were not approached for any information. Mm-hmm. So it took um, basically five days for a global missing persons alert to be made. Okay. Uh, That's a long time. A lot of tourists at the Praia de Luz resort were not interviewed and later contacted British police to say, hey, no one is speaking to us. Like, no one's interviewing us. What if, what if we have information? Like, why is no one interviewing the people who are around you know, when this happened. Uh, and of course, again, like, like John Bonet's case, the crime scene was not secured. People were coming and going. Uh, police were taking samples from Madeline's bedroom. Uh, and that, uh, evidence was sent to three forensic labs in Portugal. It was reported that on the 1st of June, 2017, that DNA from one stranger had been found in the room but around 20 people had entered the apartment 5A before it was closed off by the admission of the PJ. Also, so, it's a hotel. Yeah. And, like, I feel like it's feasible that Hotels DNA can are just not remain clean. in a hotel room. 
bro, like, blood, urine, or semen, like, it, it's all over there. You, you, you take a black light in a hotel room, I guarantee you, it's not gonna be cute. The hair as well, or, like, skin dust, yeah. like, and you imagine they, like, hotels in general don't get clean very well, right? No, I don't, yeah. Yeah, so, okay, but there is but in one addition to that, DNA found. Shocker. Uh, and then... The evidence is just getting trampled over. The Portuguese are using the Portuguese police are using dog sniffing as a form of data collection. Uh, and my personal favorite, because of the irony, I like the irony of it. Uh, the crime scene was dusted for fingerprints by investigators who were not wearing gloves. Amazing. Can you imagine like grabbing the windowsill, being like, "All right, all right, I'm gonna grab," and then like you dust it and you're like, "Hmm, yes, fresh prints, because <laughs> they're mine." Um, and then you're like, oh no, I did the crime. Oh no, I'm the kidnapper. Yeah. Are you uh, still so, recording? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, the McCanns, uh, as I said, they're from the UK. They're from... You're going to have to help me with this. I will. Leicestershire? 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 Leicestershire. Leicestershire. Great. Okay. <laughs> So, um, so basically the, the UK police decided that, uh, their team, uh, led by Chief Constable Matt Baggett would coordinate the British response, although it remained a Portuguese inquiry. So a strategic coordinating group, uh, or gold group was put together representing the Leicestershire, Leicestershire, great, the Leicestershire police, um, so they come down to, I believe they, they come to Portugal, and the PJ gives them a room that they can work in, but uh, apparently they resented their presence, reportedly feeling condescended by, you know, them being there, helping the investigation. It's like, I kind of get, like, if a case is under your jurisdiction, it happened, you know, on your soil, like, that if someone else came in and was like, you know, we're going to have to... Like, I get it, but at the same time, a little girl's life is on the line, and at the end of the day, whatever's going to help find her mm-hmm. you know it's that thing of like police being petty and the english are a very condescending people yeah i mean <laughs> that was yes tell that tell that to tell that to billy tell tell him mm-hmm. that from me okay so again there's like a lot of evidence there was stuff with like the police sniffing dogs like i remember this from the documentary that the portuguese police brought in these sniffer dogs who were finding all this evidence but it turned out to be inadmissible and not like a, a good method of investigation basically and that kind of fucked everything mm-hmm. up so uh but it's all very confusing there's buttloads of shit that's happening in this investigation so uh i'm gonna go ahead and get into the suspects um because i, th- I think we went we've been over the, the gist of it and anything we yeah. didn't we're gonna touch on there's actually not much the evidence well, it's not there that there's not much evidence, but I think the crime scene got completely okay, butt-fucked yeah. very early on, so we don't know what is actually evidence and what is not. I see. So, uh, 12 days after the disappearance, Robert Murat, a 34-year-old British-Portuguese property consultant, became the first official suspect. He lived with his mother about 150 yards from the apartment 5A in the direction in which the man in the Tanner sighting had walked. Okay. So... A Sunday Mirror journalist told the police that he'd been asking about the case 
and that the PJ had briefly signed him up as an official interpreter, saying that he wanted to help because he had a daughter in England about Madeline's age. Now, I will say this against Marat. A lot of the time, the perpetrator is the one who wants to help the police because he gets off on being a part of the action and seeing everyone, you know, running around like yeah. headless chicken. He wants to be right in the middle of it. Yeah. Uh, he wants to watch the consequences of his actions unfold. So I can see absolutely 110% how any outsider wanting to assist on a case that doesn't otherwise involve him is yes. super sus. That being said, I will say now that there is absolutely no evidence against him. Okay. So he was just the first suspect, but actually then that was, like, dismissed. Right. So, yes. So the McCann friends, Fiona Payne, Russell O'Brien, and Rachel Oldfield, who were all a part of the top of seven, said that they had seen Murat outside of apartment 5A shortly after the disappearance, as did an Ocean Club nanny and two British tourists. Hmm. However, Murat lived very close to 5A, but he and his mother said that he had been home all night. So okay. then it is sus. So on the 15th of May, 2007, Murat's home was searched. The pool drained. His cars, computers, phones, videotapes, all of that were examined. His garden was searched using ground raider and sniffer dogs. And two of his associates questioned. Now, associates, what does that mean? I don't know. Associates. Um, <laughs> don't know what that means. Uh, and then in March 2008, uh, one of those associates had his car torched with the word Fala or speak sprayed in red on the pavement. Sorry, what was the word? Uh, speak in Portuguese. Speak. Yes. Interesting. So people are saying maybe like, you know something. Speak out, yeah. Yeah. However, Marat's... Uh, Suspect status was lifted on the 21st of July in 2008 when the case was archived due to lack of evidence. Ouch. In an interesting twist in 2017, Murat's mother, Jenny Murat, told the BBC that she had driven past apartment 5A that night and had seen a young woman in plum-colored top behaving suspiciously just outside it. Information. Well, she said she passed that information along to the police at the time. And that she had also seen a small brown rental car speeding towards the apartment, driving the wrong way down a one-way street. Okay. Here's what I'll say about that. No, you fucking didn't. Spoiler <laughs> alert. There are going to be a lot of Madeline McCann sightings that we won't even really get into because they don't, they never led anywhere. People looked into yeah. these and it turned out, no, it wasn't her. Like, I just don't think these kinds of things necessarily amount to anything because... Everyone wants to say they solved her. Everyone wants to help. Everyone wants to solve the case or make their son not be a, not be yeah. suspected anymore. Like, oh yeah, it was someone who looks nothing like my son. Yeah. Hold on, I gotta reconnect my other AirPod. I didn't know that you could listen in one at a time. Now, the McCanns as suspects. Uh, the Portuguese investigation team began to suspect the McCanns as the perpetrators, citing inconsistencies in their statements, though it's worth mentioning that they had to communicate with the Portuguese investigators through a translator. 
So some words here and there feasibly could have gotten messed up. Yeah. uh, Or misinterpreted. One theory based on absolutely no evidence at all. Speculation. This is... This is not, like, this is more of, like, a conspiracy kind of thing. Not, not like, a full-out conspiracy, but, like, leaning more towards that and, like, may, uh, okay, but I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> yeah. Um, basically, someone thought that the McCanns and their, and the top of seven were swingers, and they made a vow of silence regarding what happened the night of Madeline's disappearance because they were all engaging in sex acts together and they couldn't say what they were all up to that night because they were all fucking each other. But they were at dinner. Surely they were sighted at dinner. Yeah. Okay, that's dumb. Yeah, but it's fun. Uh, another possibility, uh, basically the the route that the Portuguese police ended up taking, I think, was that um, Madeline had died of an accident and her parents wanted to cover, up, cover it up to avoid any blame or prosecution. Uh, Chief Investigator Tavares de Almeida of the PJ in Puerto Mayo signed a nine-page report concluding that uh, Madeline had died in the apartment as an accident and that the restaurant, uh, or that the, the, you know, the get-together at the Tapas restaurant um, and and the regular checks on the McCann children had been an elaborate part of the cover-up. And that the Tapas 7 were in on it and that they helped mislead the police to protect the McCanns. That the McCanns had concealed the body and then faked an abduction. Uh, Because I guess there was some DNA evidence in the car. But I'm like, why is that a big deal if it's her family's car? She was in the car. Of course, like, there would be evidence in the car. I don't understand how that was used as evidence in the case. I don't get it. That's why I didn't include that, because I really don't fucking understand it. If Um, that's true, it's horrible. Here's... Here's the thing, though. The McCanns stayed in Portugal for four months after her disappearance, leading searches, leading vigils. They started a website dedicated to finding her that that they're still running. They still remain hopeful that Madeline is alive. Her her website is, it's like Rebecca Coriam's, the one that her family made for her. It's, it's mm. provides all the information on the case, all, all of the you know, mysterious people that were seen that haven't been accounted for. Like, these two people seem like... Their actions seem like the action of parents who genuinely think that their kid is still alive and that they want to find her. On the other yeah. hand, to compare to John Bonet, again, not to throw around fighting words, but John Ramsey was ready to fuck off to their vacation home the minute she disappeared. The mm. next morning, he was like, we gotta, we gotta, like, leave the country, basically. I don't know if they were vacationing outside the country, but mm. they were vacationing far, far away, and he was, like, ready to get the fuck out of Dodge. Yeah, that that seems like not someone, like, even just staying around there for four months pretending that you mm. don't know where she is, like, I don't think that would happen. I think no. that they really don't know. There's no is. evidence against them. Really no suspicious behavior on their part other than the negligence of leaving the window unlocked, which was, like... Just again, stupid in twenty seven in or in two thousand seven. We should know by then to lock lock our doors. But um, I think there's a huge possibility that that was just a dumb mistake. Yeah, and that they probably felt safe in a resort. You know, resorts are typically like 
for tourists, for, you know, people generally, I think, think of them as safe. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So, as I said earlier, there have been a number of sightings of Madeline, none of which I really think are credible because they haven't led us anywhere. Um, as far as the body itself, we don't know if she's alive. There's no evidence to suggest, like, there's no, they didn't find any blood. Um, so, let me, I don't mean to be tasteless, but I'm just gonna get dark for a minute. So, we're on the ocean, right? Isn't that, like, the perfect place to dispose a body? If you I have access so to a often boat. often bodies wash back up, though. But, like, what if you, like, I mean, I guess, but... Yeah, but if you tied, like, a weight to the foot, like... Remember that arm that got pulled out of that shark? I think BuzzFeed Unsolved did that case. Yeah, shark arm. But, like, if you you tied, like, a weight to the ankle and, like... Yeah. If you get, like, if you get far enough out in the ocean, that body would, I would imagine, would never be seen because it's the fucking ocean. Yeah, and they had a lot of time before the search really started. I just feel like... I mean, not that hand, much time, I... honestly. But but again, they said, like, the Marine Patrol people weren't really kept super in the loop of what was going on. Yeah. It's it's weird that there was never, there was never a body that was found. But the parents still think that uh, she... Still think that she's alive and she's out there. Obviously, you'd hope that she's alive, but then, like, what, she's been kidnapped for 13 years, being raised by some weirdo? Like, that's probably not better. Yeah. So, um... Okay, so, um, on 21st of July, 2008, the Portuguese Attorney General, Fernando José Pinto Montero announced that there was no evidence to link the McCanns or Robert Murat to the disappearance. Their status of suspects or arguidos were lifted and the case was closed. Now, the case is generally deemed unsolvable due to lack of evidence and, of course, the CCTV camera that was not functioning at the time of the disappearance. That shit pisses me off so much. When you have a case that is so, like when the investigation is so bungled from the beginning, it really does. I mean, it kind of ruins every chance of it being solved. I also just mean every time there's a camera that malfunctions or isn't working, like, it's right there, and we would know. We would know what happened mm-hmm. to Rebecca Coriam. We would know what happened to Madeline McCann. Like, we would right. know, but there's just this one thing that's missing that would crack the whole thing. But how, like, to me, the fact that that CCT camera... CCTV camera that was right fucking there is not working. How would why 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 would they so not then, look yeah. into the employees more? Because I would say that it's an the Portuguese investigation was entirely focused on the McCanns. You want it to be an English person. You don't want it to look bad. I don't know. So I have every confidence that the McCanns were not involved. I think their efforts to locate her are just too strong. Mm. Um. And I, I think she, I do think that they were a little bit negligent. The fact that the door was unlocked, that that note was in the book at the restaurant, I think she was just snatched. Yeah. And we'll never Which know by terrifying. who. It's so scary, but I don't think the parents were involved in any way, shape, or form. My only question is, 
why why snatch her and then immediately kill her? Because he would have to get rid of her soon because the search has started soon. Mm, I don't know. It depends on the motives for snatching. Like, if you want to kidnap her and, like, have her, babies all look the same. Fucking dye her hair and then you have, like, no one's gonna know who she is. Right, and they weren't, um, uh, what do you call it? They weren't, uh, patrolling the roads. Yeah, if you get her far enough away fast enough, I don't know. It's sad to speculate about because whatever the outcome is just really sad for, like, this little girl. Yeah. I think, I don't, I don't know, but, like, I feel like she's probably not alive. It's been 12 years. I mean, it's certainly possible. But I just like this sounds horrible, but I almost I almost hope that she isn't because like right because what I mean you assume they... you assume that someone who's kidnapping a child is is gonna molest them or harm right. them in some way like it's awful. you almost hope that she didn't like suffer. Mm-hmm. I don't know. However, if you want to help, you can. Um, Visit findmadeline.com if you have any information. You can email investigation at findmadeline.com. They have a hotline, which is listed on their website, a contact form. Uh, They also um, provide uh, age progression, facial reconstruction. So we know what she would look like now. I think she would be, what, uh, 15 now? Um, 16 now. Also on their website, uh, there are still sightings of people that have not been accounted for or definitively explained. So, you can see those. Uh, there are two of them on their website. Um, yeah. Uh, a, a woman and a man who... The woman... Huh. Five witnesses says say that they saw this woman behaving suspiciously... Uh, so yeah, um, the case is closed, but the McCanns are still, um, diligent and trying to find their, their daughter. So, that's the case of Madeline McCann. That's really sad. Yeah. But I'm glad you did it. But if, also if you want to help and you don't have any information, you can also donate, so. Mm. Um, consider, consider that, and, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's so sad. I know. I mean. Do you think that people are going to be mad at me for saying that I, it's better if she died? Not better, it's all bad. better, it's all awful. You just don't want her to be, like, in the clutches of someone you know, for and then like twelve years. Yeah, I don't know. I it's not better. I take it back. No, no version is better. It's all horrible. It's all awful. Yeah. 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 Well, sometimes well, now when that you I've do... effectively bummed us out. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say sometimes when you do a true crime podcast, then you end on a downer note. A little bit. Yeah. But, I mean, I think with the any good luck, thing about these, like, you know, anything's possible. Me... Elizabeth Smart, they found her after, you know, she escaped after how many years? And, that, you know, that's actually what I was thinking about when I said, like, 
it's not better if she died because Elizabeth Smart is fucking badass and like and now she's doing advocacy work and she's seems like she's doing really well yeah she took her life back so it's possible Mm -hmm. and I I hope I, I god I hope that's what happens here yeah it's, um, it's just a shame that they blame the parents just because that they kind of had fucked up the crime scene and were like, we gotta pick a direction and roll with it. Well, crimes and are then, often committed by someone who knows the victim. For sure. But that's not a good enough reason to just point fingers. Right, and then abandon any other possibility. Yeah. Because if you had gone down say, another road, maybe you would have... Uh, actually found, someone. found some answers yeah i was gonna say like if i don't obviously it's all really sad but this might help bring a lighter note in that um somebody asked me once if if listening to my favorite murder ever made me scared that i was gonna get murdered and i actually feel like no i feel like it's it's kind of empowering to think like to learn from cases and be like not in any kind of victim blaming but to be like well, now I know not to do this. I know to trust my gut. I know to look out for these things. And, like, if, um, like, I'm not saying that this should have happened, but if people, if people hear about it and talk about it and think, well, I'm not gonna leave the window open or I'm not gonna, like, blah, 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 like, I don't know if that's useful information, but, like, it it can be helping people when you talk about these things. Right, because it actually is an unfortunate reality of the world that we live in, so it's probably actually better to be informed. Yeah. Then be in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? No, that is it, my dude. What are you looking forward to? I am looking forward to... So, at my new job, there is a gym in the building, and it's very nice. And I have Stop. access to it for free. Yeah, so I'm excited to start working out again. Amazing. Which we'll do this week. Yeah. What about you? I am really hungry. I'm looking forward to going and eating this doll. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking up the <laughs> recipe. I'll send you the recipe. I may as well link to the recipe since I won't shut up about it. Um, I also am kind of looking forward to, I think Veganuary hasn't been that hard so far. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing in the next couple of weeks. I feel like my skin might be starting to clear up. Mm. Uh, so I look forward to see if that continues, because I would love if it did. Um, and I had a really busy week this week, and I'm kind of just looking forward to slowing down a little bit. Yeah. And just, like, living my fucking life, Mm. and talking to that lawyer. Yeah, fuck yeah. Gonna get a visa to be with my partner. Got this. I'm so proud of you. Thanks. Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, Yeah, thanks for listening. We will keep you guys posted on what our schedules and lives are going to be like and keep you updated. Oh, I'm going to do a plug. Plug away. I just think if you want to, if you like this podcast and are, like, really committed to wanting to hear it every Monday... Go tell five friends to listen to it so yeah. we can build up our audience so we can start doing ads and then actually make some money, which is not the goal of this, but which might help remove but some will... of the life burdens that interfere with my ability 
to yeah. want to do a podcast. Yeah. And uh, I feel like the less stressed I am, the better content we'll make. So right. And the higher friends. production quality, of course. So we want to keep bringing it to you guys. Um, we just need some this help. This is not an ultimatum. You know, no, but it's like not a bribe. It, no, no, but it would help. You know, having more resources and you know more flexibility will help us with that. Better sound quality. Ho ho. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, thank you for listening. We appreciate it so much. We hope you enjoyed. And one more thing. Yeah, January thirty first. I'm doing stand up for the first time in hey. the Black Sheep in Dublin at seven thirty p.m. It's a fundraiser for a project I'm involved in, which I am not allowed to talk about yet until for one more day. And I would love to see anyone there if you live in Dublin. Yeah. Go out and see it. Other than that, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Have a happy Monday. Hey guys, Carly here, and we wanted to thank you for listening to Sisterly History Mysteries. We hope you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed talking about it and sharing it with you. If you don't mind, we'd really appreciate it if you'd rate, review, and subscribe as it makes our day, but it also really helps us out. You can email us at sisterlyhistorymysteries at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at sisterlypodcast. Good night.